Yo. You, you, you are now listening to the smoking section. Oh, yeah. Or you'll find hot topics. And fire conversations. Keep it locked. Hear me? All right, Scott. Thank you again, dude, for coming on to the show. All right, man. <laughs> Good to see Seriously, you. Dude, I, I really, I really, really respect you ever since, like, the first time we met down at the lodge. Um, you're just very welcoming oh. and, and the hospitality that you show to everybody, not just me. So to everybody that you show, it's, it's, it, it means a lot to see that, that, that that's out in the world, bro. So thank, thank you. you. Thank All you. right. Thank you. Um, for everyone who might remember, Scott came on to the show here before, so we'll skip all the introductions, or if there's anything you want to share about a show or, or anything you might be doing. No, I'm ready to roll. What do you got? <laughs> all right. So, uh, recently, so here very recently, I made a post on Facebook okay. and it was, uh, the words were providing men, providing fathers shouldn't be punished. If I might need to pull that up so I can exact quote it, but it was that that working dads shouldn't be punished for trying to provide it was pretty much along the lines yeah we're um, going deep huh all right <laughs> all right yeah we'll, we'll open up the can of worms but you you texted me immediately after that and you're like yo i really like how you how you said that um let's have a conversation about it okay so uh so i definitely wanted to bring you on because you know you are a father mm-hmm. um and that's you know, so seeing the love that you give other people, I can only, you know, begin to imagine what you may show them. Right. Okay. Um, and especially somebody like me that you don't know, like you absolutely don't even know this young man and here you are, you know, so <laughs> it makes me wonder. Um, so if you don't mind, you know, opening up a little bit about your journey through fatherhood, because I know your, your daughters are a little bit older. My son's four. Mm-hmm. So I know you have, I know you have some kids who are a little bit older. So talk about that journey back then and when, when it started, how it started, um, and some of your insight on it. Okay. Uh, I guess I'm going to get real personal and start with me then, mm-hmm. not just my kids. Mm-hmm. So I was lucky enough to be adopted at a okay. very young age. I was about three months old. Um, my birth parents couldn't keep me for you know reasons. Anyhow, so in their own wisdom, and very grateful for this, they gave me up for adoption. Mm-hmm. And I was taken in by uh, my mom and dad at that young age and was totally loved. I came from a very, very good childhood. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm 53 now. And today's my father's birthday, by the way. Shout happy, out to dad. Happy birthday. Happy 83 birthday. years old. Woo! So love my dad. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, so mom and dad just raised me very well. Uh, much love. Uh, providing me with the basics. We weren't rich by any means. Mom and dad both worked blue collar family Mm -hmm. and when dad was home he played with me and when mom was able to she played with me and we just had a normal life i was always told that i was adopted so it was never a secret they wanted me to know that we chose you they couldn't have kids so they thought some years later they did um get pregnant with my little sister awesome but uh for many years they tried and they couldn't so that ended in my uh adoption and the reason I tell this is because I'm not theirs mm-hmm. physically. I mean, they didn't create me, mm-hmm. but I am theirs mm-hmm. in the heart. The way you said it, you were chosen. Yeah. They chose you. You know, they... they did. They told me that. Mm-hmm. And that just sealed the deal with me about what love really is. Mm-hmm. Right? So, fast forward when I, I was probably in my mid-20s, out of college, just started my career in law enforcement. And I always had this goal that I wanted to get married. I had that 
background of seeing a very successful marriage, <clears throat> being raised by my folks, seeing them raise my sister. They had multitudes of family and friends, and they were very admired, and they admired them back. Mm-hmm. So I had this really nice, loving atmosphere that I really wanted in my life and create more of that with a future wife mm-hmm. and kids. So that's the background with that. So um, met this gal at a nightclub once. We hit it off. Eventually got married, started having kids. Unfortunately, um, my wife at that time, she was going through some emotional things about her own childhood, and we did not share the same kind of childhood at all. Mm -hmm. I don't want to give too many details. It just was not pleasant. Mm -hmm. Things started coming up. After our marriage, and I think it was just things boiled in her for years, and she started having some behaviors with alcohol and eventually went to drugs, and she went into rehab, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. But prior to rehab, and also while in rehab, um, she started having some interest in other people. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't have that either. And in some talks with her, I decided to end the marriage. And she knew. In her wisdom, going through rehab at the time, that she was in no place to care for our daughters. Mm. So I took full custody of them, and she didn't contest that at all. She knew that they were in a good place. So I've been a single father since about 2005. Okay. Um, I did get remarried at one point. I'm a single father again. (laughs) So um, anyway, um, let's see. So my two youngest were living at home with me. Their mom was recovering, and one of her sisters had a daughter. I think she was 13 at the time, and she'd become pregnant. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Anyhow, wonderful kid, just had a, an event and became pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. Anyhow, so I got this knock on the door one day from a social worker up in the county where I lived saying, you know, are you so-and-so? And I'm like, yeah. Do you know this person? I'm like, yeah, that's my niece. Well, you know she's pregnant. I'm like, I do. How's she doing? <laughs> <laughs> How's that 13-year-old kid doing? Oh, my God. Well, she's doing well, the lady said, and she needs a place to live. Mm. Would you be interested in being her foster parent for a while through this pregnancy, and who knows how that will go? And I said, of course. Mm-hmm. So I invited her in. She looked all around. My, my house was full. So I got approved to be a foster child. So our, our foster parent was for this kid who's pregnant. That was a trip. Mm-hmm. She ended up having a beautiful baby boy. Like and life coming full circle on you almost. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing led to another, and she was able to have her own place. Uh, mm-hmm. So she acquired that with help from agencies and other people. And, you know, she's turned out to be a wonderful mother. And her son is awesome. That's great. Um, also, my first wife brought in a, a stepchild for me. She already had a kid before and helped raise that girl. So I've, I've raised five Oh, girls. so you've been raising babies. Oh, five <laughs> baby girls. Five girls. Oh, man. And then um, the lady I got remarried to, her and I had a baby. Now, we're recently divorced, and we got 50-50, and that's cool. So I've got an uh, elementary-age daughter, uh, one who just graduated college, and another one just finishing college probably next year. Oh, wow. Congratulations. So... I've got tons of experience, mm-hmm. and I don't know where you want to go with this conversation, but <laughs> I've 
probably had one thing or another happen. If you're going to bring up a topic, I might be able to speak on it. Well, so that's yeah. my background. Well, I mean, I also, so my thing is, especially when you, especially when you hit me up, there was, there was definitely a few things I was like, well, let me see if he has any opinion on it. Okay. Yeah. And so dialing it back, it's like, you know, for whatever reason, people, especially I, I can say for people who are my age, believe that there's this weird thing of shared traumas, you know, make relationships, hmm. right? Like, oh, if they went through this in their childhood and I went through this in my childhood, then we're a perfect match for each other. Mm. And it's like, no, buddy, you need to see a psychiatrist and yeah. go get some help. Yeah, I agree. That's not necessarily true. Because, right. you know, because it's like that saying where, like, if you, don't, if you don't heal your own wounds, you'll bleed over the next person. Sure. You'll bleed over somebody else. And I, and I, I believe in that big time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even hearing kind of that story of, like, you know, here you are in your own, in your own marriage and you're trying to fix your own personal things you know you have somebody in their life trying to fix their own personal things going on you know all you can do is be there to support them you know and support these people and in, in whatever measure like you know what i mean like doing your duty to be there for this person you know that's very that's very admirable that's yeah. wow but um <clears throat> you know so you had a you had a career as a law enforcement officer right yes and so how do you think yeah let me start there like how do you think that affected your relationship with your kids or your like the things that you, the things that you may have, you know, brought home that you picked up off the job, you know, certain lessons or maybe even something that you might not be like, damn, I brought that home from work, you know, like sure. for you. Sure. Um, I'm certainly very aware of laws as they pertain to safety for mm-hmm. all citizens. So, um, just naturally, I'm kind of a protective person. I like helping people. So mm-hmm. if somebody's having an issue or even an emergency, mm-hmm. rather than run the other way, I usually run towards it. I can see that. So I've got plenty of training and work experience, life skills in my career that help me help people. Mm-hmm. All right. So bringing that home, you know, yeah. take off your uniform at work, drive home, you're tired. Kids might be acting out. Maybe the yeah. wife or the neighbors might be acting out. <laughs> you bite your tongue for as long as you can because yeah. you don't want to bring a particular day's work with you home. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with your wife, family, or neighbors, or friends, or extended folks, right? Mm-hmm. So you bite your lip for as long as you can. But if a true emergency came up where I thought I needed to put my foot down, I would. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm certainly a different person now than I was when I worked. When I when I started, I was pretty young. I was in my mm-hmm. 20s. Okay. And um, I had to get my ass kicked a few times mm-hmm. to mellow me out. I certainly learned that um, coming from my background, you know, being treated so well, I thought I could just bring that to the street and say, look, everything's going to be okay, everyone. <laughs> oh, I was so wrong. Let's get along. Guys. I was so wrong. <laughs> I was really naive. Yeah. I really was. So um, people that I would help who are having emergencies, whether it be, you know, relationship issues or actual uh, other crimes going on. Mm-hmm. I really needed to go in with my eyes open, my heart open and try not to die. Yeah. At the same time, helping people. I, I learned a lot from people in trouble. Mm-hmm. I really did. So sometimes you really have to take control of a situation and people don't like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you don't have time to explain why sometimes either. Mm-hmm. It's a really tricky job. Mm-hmm. You assess an emergency and you make it as safe as possible immediately, depending on how emergent it really is. Not in microseconds, you're doing all that. Seriously, yeah. you do. 
<clears throat> and we're all human doing that too. We're mm -hmm. not robots. We don't know the exact perfect thing to say or what to do at any given time. We mm -hmm. do what we can for the betterment of society when we can do that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, tons of stories to tell about that. Some I would never tell, but <laughs> just other people's business, right? Yeah. <laughs> See, but you even, we had even talked about that a little bit before and it made me curious, like those are long hours. Those are, those are days where, you know, you are, you're having to take control of a situation that you're walking into. You don't know, you know, what the, you don't know what the hell's going on yeah. in this whole situation. Right. Um, and, but we're doing the best, you're doing the best you can every day. Right. And to me, I feel like, you know, as much as people want to say whatever about cops, whatever, you know, I, I support police officers, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Good police officers. Because they're out there putting their necks on the line every day, yep. right? They are. I don't have to agree with everything they do. Don't have to nope. agree with you know whatever, whatever. But that's the whole point of being a human is having disagreements, so we can hash it out and yep. come to new re agreements. You know, totally agree. Um, and so just hearing it, it's like you know a lot of what you're doing is is being a dad even while you have the badge on. Oh yeah, we used to get called you know overpaid babysitters. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, I don't know if that adjective's really accurate or not but i get the humor behind it um so to answer more about your question what was it like being a dad with a background in law enforcement and bringing that home or your kids having to deal with their peers knowing that their father is a cop was a cop or a deputy mm -hmm. in my case Ooh. um it came with some mild challenges but there was never anything really that was my daughters never really gave me pushback about, <laughs> yeah, they did. Uh, no, no serious pushback. Nothing I couldn't answer for, logically, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, love my two oldest daughters. Um, they're both adults now. Mm -hmm. But a couple of years ago when the BLM movement was going on uh, really strong, they were very supportive of it, and I'm very proud of them for that because mm -hmm. some change needs to happen there, everybody. It yes. really does. Yeah. However... <laughs> they also got into some side issues about police, mm -hmm. which is part of that whole package, right? Yes. It really is. So when they'd come home and tell me about the protest they went on or some of the new information they gleaned from their new peers or what they're getting off their cell phones mm -hmm. in the news, uh, I could speak from experience for some of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And whenever I try to communicate my experience and try to give them a different aspect, because just having one aspect of how you look at something probably isn't the most healthy way to go about stuff. Indeed. Okay. <laughs> you need all the information you can get. You do, mm -hmm. right? To be a logical person who really does want to help, mm -hmm. you really have to educate yourself on the whole plethora of whatever the concept is. Yeah. Okay. All right. And they just simply weren't. They're... Mm -hmm headstrong into this one ideology and again fine but when they brought it home i could answer for some stuff and they didn't like that mm -hmm. and uh one of them once said um you know we need to defund the police and i said really <laughs> you mean that okay i i, I kind of generally get the concept and I, I i'm not totally opposed to it then maybe some funding needs to go in different directions for or for more community involvement stuff hooray mm -hmm. no just get rid of them no. no yeah, we just need to get rid of them. Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, look around you. You see this house, this car I drive for you, the food <laughs> yeah. in the fridge. That cell phone in your pocket. You want that to go away? <laughs> yep. yep. Well, that's not what I mean. Well, what do you mean? Oh, I don't want to talk about it now. Oh. Okay. So that one reaction to I don't want to talk about it now was interesting to me. Mm -hmm. 
because it just seems so closed-minded. It's not like it couldn't be opened, mm-hmm. but I didn't understand why the sudden walk away. It's like this idea. It's the I've, to me at least. It's like they have this idea and they're hearing it all over, so it's very easy to regurgitate. You know, they have their two or three lines of stats and locations and names. You know, sure. and then points. it's right. Okay, once you get past that fourth level, now it's, I, I don't want to talk about it because it's off script. They don't. They have nothing left to the script. There's no more research. They go. They go three or four lines off script, and then now it's well. I don't want to talk about it. I feel I'm starting to feel attacked by this you know by this topic or or what you might be saying to me is offensive or you know and i just like even for you like it makes me wonder like even just trying to parent like for me it's hard thinking like you know i go to work and here i am doing construction my hands hurt my legs hurt my back hurts and then i come home and my son wants to play oh yeah and it's like i'm trying to also have him understand like hold on son let me take my boots off first like let daddy take his boots off let daddy you know change his clothes he's dirty from work you know and so for you i know that must be magnified like times 20 because you're taking off this vest and you're taking off all your all your gear yeah all this equipment that you got on and you're taking it off god that feels great taking that off too god there's no better feeling than taking (laughs) off your boots man (laughs) jesus christ and then you know and then to go home and have to deal with some of the things you know i can only imagine what those conversations felt like you Mm. know i can only because it sucks when my son tells me no i don't want you to go to work you know so i know you've had those conversations probably a million times yourself um hmm I've been retired for quite a while. I got hurt on the job and unfortunately um, was retired. Tried oh, wow. to keep my job, but it was just, I I had to agree with the doctors at some point and yeah. say I can't help myself or others. Mm-hmm. So it was what it was. So my daughters were really young when that happened. Mm-hmm. And I used to work graveyards a lot. So I'd go in late at night. They were already in bed. And when I'd come home in the morning, they were up. So and I was up. So yeah. I got to play. <laughs> now I was tired, like like any uh, you know, mom or dad would come home from a long day. I'd do what I could. Yeah. Right. And they knew that daddy just got home. They could see the the tiredness on my face or my eyes, mm-hmm. but uh, they appreciated me playing. And I'd take my nap. And when I woke up, dinner time, and ready mm-hmm. to hang out again. So at at their young age, when I was working, there weren't really much issues with you know missing you because they were asleep while I was working. Yeah. Right. Um. Again, going back to some, you know, when they're older and some of the more uh, social justice, is that still a term? Social yeah. justice? Okay. Yeah. The social justice topics that were coming up. That was the most interesting with my older daughters. Mm-hmm. They're really into a lot of, you know, equality, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. The BLM stuff that I mentioned, um, they're Native American. A lot of stuff in history that they're learning about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it. <laughs> They know their dad's going to listen, mm-hmm. so they're going to talk to me about their feelings. Mm-hmm. They know their dad is going to have an opinion. So when I maybe try to interrupt and say, I've got something to say about this, they say, Dad, shut up. Just let me finish my thought. Mm-hmm. So they've got their talking point, like you'd mentioned, mm-hmm. right? They've got their script, and then I hear it, and uh, I may disagree or I may support something. The interesting thing, again, like I just said, was whenever I disagree or give an opposing view, from my experience only, not an opinion, okay? That's when they don't want to hear it. And we were talking about that a bit, and I still don't know why people don't gravitate towards more information. 
Maybe they are now because it's been a while since BLM really first started in the beginning of the pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. All the all the riots and stuff. Mm -hmm. Maybe they are now, and I'm just not hearing it because my my two oldest daughters don't give me that anymore no, <laughs> for one reason or another. They're hunkering down. <laughs> I feel like now even even more than ever. I feel like people are really 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 playing into the this side that side. It's just the the names are changing. Seeing now, you know the. It's just the language of the enemy, I guess, is changing. So it's like... Language of the enemy. Who's the enemy? I honestly <laughs> believe it's the mass media. I believe hmm. that the mass media is the number one issue with the country right now. And I feel that it's, it's leaking into everything, <clears throat> right? And whether it's you're a vaxxer or not vaxxer. Oh, Whether okay. you're red or blue. Whether you're pro-life pro you know pro choice whatever you know it's everything has its headline tag and it's and it's the language of it is just changes it goes from social justice to wokeism to this to mm -hmm. that to you know like now the anti-vaxxer versus not anti-vaxxer are you doing moderna or pfizer or johnson and johnson and everything everyone has their little bit of talking points for why they're doing what they're doing okay and that's it and there's I, a lot of tribalism going on yeah yeah and and again and that makes it even hard to think of like for myself i just like you're saying i just want to hear everybody's everybody's side yeah. you know i want to hear i want to hear everybody's side no matter what i believe in personally have, have uh, you seen um europe's reaction most recent reaction to vax versus non-vax people no, I have not. So there's a lot going on there. And I typically read a headline. If something catches me enough, I'll read the whole article or at least part of it. So in European countries, I think Italy for one, or Spain. Anyhow, so there's these, you know, Christmas festivals, outdoor festivals, for example, where people set up shop, they have their booths, and they sell things. Okay, mm -hmm. They've got a photo of this one courtyard in one of these major cities in one of these countries where there's an actual three-foot fence white beautiful picket foot picket fence separating vax from unvax and wow. i look at that photo and i'm like first of all it's not protecting anybody mm -hmm. it's three feet you can just walk over it and okay there's a booth over there i want to go to you mm -hmm. know so i put on a mask and i blend in mm -hmm. you know who's gonna are we policing fences now are we back to that that sounds like the 1930s 40s okay. yeah without dropping the name of a particular <laughs> world war, but you know what I mean. Anyhow, um, it just seems to send a mixed message mm -hmm. to their populace. Mm -hmm. It's like, are, is this what is protecting us from a virus, a three-foot fence? Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense visually. Yeah, visually, I mean, the whole, the whole idea of three feet versus six feet, 12 feet, I think it's just weird that they draw the line at vaccine, you know, like this. Uh, now you have to put something inside of your body or you can't enjoy X, Y and Z. You know, they say, get our freedoms back. Um, they, they use some wild language. And that's what that's I'm saying. Wild, the, bro. The, 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 as I'm telling you, the language of the enemy is changing. It went from flatten the curve to just stay home orders down. Now it's locked down. And it's like, whoa, dude, you guys are you guys are sounding a little crazy. Like, this is not cool. And it's, it's just to think that, you know, my son is older than coronavirus, you know? So <laughs> right. I remember like being on a cell phone, a cell phone and seeing, oh, coronavirus outbreak, all this stuff. And people want to compare it to the polio vaccine. And it's like, bro, when polio was coming out and all these vaccines was coming out, 
there was no cell phone. There was no digital age. My mom had polio. Yeah, my my mom had a polio vaccine. Mom, yeah. My mom was like, I guess one of these like breakout cases in North Carolina. Um, oh, so wow. I'm not against. I'm not against any vaccine. I'm not against I'm not any either. Of that stuff. I'm, I'm vaccinated. If but anybody you, cares to know, I'm I am. Yeah, well, there you go. But you know? but again, you find it weird that that there's this white I, picket fence, literally a white picket fence, separating this person from that person. I and do. I, I think that's weird. I think so. That's a weird cause for people. I don't know if it's a fair comparison. I don't know if it's apples and oranges or apples and apples, but I do believe in every person's right to the autonomy of their body. Mm-hmm. You can liken that to abortion rights, even. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but this is not exactly abortion rights where I'm going with it. But I do agree with a woman's right to choose. Mm-hmm. You know, you're affecting something within their body. Mm-hmm. They get the right to to choose that or not. Mm-hmm. When it comes to say an inoculation, I don't care if it's a COVID vax or not. I've got relatives who uh, never had their children vaccinated for any of the things. The what do you call those? Um, the things you have to have your kids vaccinated with before they go like to school. Like hepatitis. And... Sure. Well, the the general ones that a kid has to have before they attend public school. I know it's. So, I know it's measles, measles, mumps, rubella, yeah, MMR, all those. Yeah, that's the example, right? They never did any of them. Okay. They allowed their children to acquire those naturally if they occurred, and they did in some cases. Mm-hmm. And the kids survived, mm-hmm. and now they have these natural immune system boosters, right? Mm-hmm. And then I've always been vaccinated. I've had my kids vaccinated. It's my choice. And when it came time for the COVID vaccination, I researched as much as I could, saw a lot of garbage out there. I saw some better garbage and then stuff I thought that wasn't garbage, right? And then I've made my own personal choice. And And I don't want to force my opinion on how somebody else acquires information, what they do with it, whether they go for the vaccination or not. That is their body, their choice. That's my opinion. It's like you were saying earlier, it's all with information. You get the information that you have, make the best informed decision on yourself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what, you know, I feel honestly, that's all we can do, you know, and even just to even think about, you know, everything from work, you know, the things that we decide to choose and, and, and pursue, you know, you, you start off somewhere, you get the information that you get and you mm-hmm. run with it. That's right. You know, whether you're learning a new sport or, you know, starting a new podcast or haha, right. or anything, anything anybody's doing, deciding to get a vaccine. I mean. Every year with the flu, I always listen, you know, I, well, before when flu was a thing, uh, I would always listen, like, <laughs> right. it's like, the flu's gone now, like, you know? So it's like, before when the flu was a thing, I was like, oh, you know, I'd listen to the reports, see what it's, you know, see where it's infecting, you know, right. ask a couple buddies, hey, have you got the flu? Or, hey, have you gotten the flu? Or, you know, whatever. And, you know, I don't remember asking anybody if they got the flu vaccine or if it kept me from going to their house on Thanksgiving. Never did with me. Yeah, no, I'd still be in there. Just do. Just don't touch me. You know, just stay away. But you can eat the turkey. Like, you know, people, (laughs) people cancel Thanksgivings over that stuff, dude. I don't know. That's a, that's a whole nother can of worms. It is. Um, but you know, now one thing I wanted to ask too, now that you've, you know, you're retired, you're. You you still have babies. You still have babies in the lineup, and then you have you have babies that are older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And now that you've gotten to see this expansion, like what is something? What is something that you give? You can give somebody like me, twenty eight years old. You know, I'm about to be traveling and doing a lot of work too. So I think about like heavily, like the work that I bring home, the stress. You know, those tired days. Hey, my hands hurt. You know, and he's trying to play toys or 
oh, my back hurt and wants to wrestle or, or whatever. So what's, what's something that you can give any of the guys out there who are like me or even like yourself for, for handling the pressure of being the provider and then coming home, maybe not to the best of situations. So there's plenty of times in, in my career, I come home from work, like I said, from a long night, and I just feel exhausted. Maybe I got into multiple fights that night, and I was just hurting, or just tired from them, or a lot of stress from the things I'd seen or had to try to help with, okay? Mm-hmm. A lot on your mind, a, a ton on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. You do your best to leave it at home. It doesn't matter what your line of work is. You do your mm-hmm. best to leave it there, and not bring it home, I mean to say. Mm-hmm. But it happens, okay? So the times that I was truly exhausted, mentally, physically, or both, and my kids really wanted to physically play, I would tell them, I'm so tired. Daddy had a big night. I was super busy. There was a lot of trouble at work that night. And they knew what I did for a living. I wouldn't give them any details, right? Mm -hmm. But I'd just say something like that and say, I want to spend time with you too. Mm -hmm. Most I can do right now is walk you to the park and watch you play. Or we can sit at home, and it may be 10 o'clock in the morning, but let's have a bowl of ice cream (laughs) and watch some cartoons. Watch some cartoons and (laughs) relax. Because, you know, the end of my day is the beginning of yours. I'm okay with having a bowl of ice cream. Mom, how about you? Yeah, that's fine. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we bust out a little bit of ice cream and, you know, watch Teletubbies. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, So quality of time with your kids is this big catchphrase. But what does quality mean? To a four-year-old, does it really mean roughhousing and playing and running your butt off with them? Not always. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just means sitting next to you on the couch, you know, snuggled up next to you, reading a book, saying nothing together, watching a show, him telling you about the dreams he had that night or his friends that he's made at school or the weather or things that he's learning off of, whatever social media platforms you let him see. Right. Mm-hmm. So the conversation, the time together is really, in my life experience, what truly matters to a young mind. Being there. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily what you're doing, but being together. So parents, we typically can't speak for all. I can speak for some that I know. We beat ourselves up by not giving them the, the best toy or taking them to the funnest amusement park or their favorite park when you just can't afford it or you don't have the time and you feel guilty. Yeah. Don't do that to yourself, folks. Mm-hmm. The kids pick up on that. And then they have this confused thought about why is mommy or daddy having these different vibes with me when in your head as the parent you're thinking about your guilt. You put that off. The kids can pick that up. Mm-hmm. They don't know what to do with it. So just relax. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a break. Enjoy your time with them. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. And you've seen you've seen me bring my son. I'm not ashamed of it. I bring my mm-hmm. son to lodge. You do, and and you know I want him to be around the people that I'm around. And you know definitely I've <clears throat> you know even being with you guys all hanging out like I really take that in as honest quality time. Like I try to say like to myself, you know even if because I'm not always in conversation, right? I, I like to listen. It's mm-hmm. like if I'm listening, let's just listen intently. You know really hear what they're saying, you know, pick up on their jokes or their sarcasm, like really, really hone in, man, right. make it quality time, you mm-hmm. know, and right. people can sit here and, you know, one thing I, I definitely see that, that I battle with is, you know, I see, you know, my buddies with pictures with their kids and all this, that, and it's like, 
you know, you're lucky you're with your wife, you know, or you're lucky you're still with your girlfriend, bro. So I'm going to start right there with my envy. And then it just <laughs> goes down this long rabbit hole and I start just questioning everything. And mm. it's like, you know, now even hearing you now, it's like, it's, it's going to make me be on this. Like I've, 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 I've started to get this philosophy of like quality time, you know, is, is really what you make it. You know, people can post all these pictures on Instagram with their kid. But little do you know, they're really not paying attention to them. Hmm. You know, they don't. Oh, yeah. They're mm-hmm. not. They're not having good quality time. You know, you see the pictures, but that's not what's really depicted. You know, right. and, and I should know better as an adult. I should know better. But it's it's hard. <laughs> it, it gets hard. It gets hard to not to not fall under it. Um, dude. One, one last one, and this one is this one's more for me. This hmm. one is more for me because I'm. You got? How would you, how would you say that being a part of the brotherhood, how it's, how it's impacted the way that you, the way that you parent and the way that you see fatherhood? It's improved it for sure. Um, You know, in Lodge, we're we're talking about the Masonic Lodge now, Mm -hmm. right? For those who are listening. Um, There's some things that are private still that mm-hmm. I can't discuss, but I will say this on the internet. It's all there. Whatever <laughs> you want to know. Okay. I just made a promise not to, to divulge it, but I'm going to digress because there's nothing in lodge that is say taught through our ceremonies or our traditions that we aren't taught at home or through our peers in school on how to be a good human. It basically revolves around the golden rule. You can find that in any religion mm-hmm. okay, or any walk of life, mm-hmm. even without religion. You know, treat each other on the level. Mm-hmm. Square your actions. Stand upright like a plum, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, stand upright. Do the right thing. Use fortitude, prudence, justice, faith, hope, charity. I didn't learn those at Lodge. I learned those in my walk of life. Mm-hmm. What I find in Lodge is that men congregate together, for lack of a better word, and espouse those morals and values all the time. So you're around people who are like-minded and, and walking their yes. talk. Yes, okay? yes, yes. They're yes. just not throwing it out on Facebook and hoping people admire them. No, when you, when you come to a meeting in person, you, you can tell these people are walking their talk. Mm-hmm. Okay? This is their life. Now, Masonry isn't their life. I don't mean that. What I'm saying is the things we teach in Freemasonry, they make their life. Mm-hmm. And those are good qualities. Okay. Anyway, so bringing those things home, I'm a better father. I'm a better neighbor. I'm a better lodge member. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, you like me enough to have me on your podcast. One twice. hell of a friend. I was going to say that. One hell of a friend, man. <laughs> Anyhow, I was just making fun of myself. But um, you can apply those morals and values to anything in your life. I don't care if you're a teacher. I don't care if you're uh, a janitor, a cop, a president, a pauper, a prince. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Okay? They can make you a better husband. They can make you a better father, an employer, an employee. These are simple rules of morals and values of doing the right thing and being honest and upright and treating people fairly, mm-hmm. right? And circumscribing your desires, okay? So that's how it's helped me. 
and the brotherhood, meaning the other men who are around me, well, they inspire me to keep going because mm-hmm. they're doing it too. Mm-hmm. And when I'm having a hard time with it, I know who to talk to. And so do they. Got a series of men around you. And, that's right. You know, and that's honestly, like, honestly, honestly, I, I, I can't even really think of how to put it, but being there and seeing that, it's, it's like an ex, just the exchange between everybody and everything that, that everyone brings, you know, whether they come from this walk of life, this walk of life, you know, they, they're with their wives or their single, single fathers, mm-hmm. you know, they're 30, 40, 50, 20 years old. We all come from a different spot <clears throat> and this camaraderie has, has helped me <clears throat> to be a better, honestly, to be a better, a better friend to the friends that I already do have. Mm-hmm. And I know it's going to make me a better friend to the people that I meet later. You know, it's, it's helped me fortify some of the beliefs I already had as a father and then help me start new ones, you know, new traditions as right a on. father now, you know, and see new ways like, Oh, that, you know, he fathers this way too. Maybe, like you said, with with presented new information. Hey, maybe I could try that too with my kid, or maybe you know, oh, I used to do this with my son. Well, maybe let me try what what he does over there because that looks pretty cool. You know, that seems pretty rad. Right. Um. And so it's, dude. This whole conversation has been great because <laughs> seeing seeing what kind of what kind of impact not only your work has had on you as a father and as a man. But then seeing also the stuff that you decide to do as an extracurricular, right? Like your extracurricular activities, mm-hmm. how it also impacts you as a man. And the, and the things that you've, that you've had to deal with, man, is, is inspiring. It's inspiring, Scott. Oh, thanks. Is there anything that you want to sign off with the people? Give them a last gem, last words? Oh, I hope you've enjoyed uh, us talking. Goddamn it's, right. It's nice to be back. <laughs> yes, sir. I'll have uh, you if back. you ever want me back, just give me a ring. I'm, I'm happy to come. Yeah, it'll be very soon. I, I always love, enjoy I love myself here. Great. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that's been the smoking section. Until next time, stay motivated. Boom, 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 boom.